This is what I've been saying, the three L's, listen, learn, and lead. The advisors that do that are the advisors that are going to win. The value of bespoke advice has never been higher. You're listening to Coindesk's On Purpose with Tyrone Ross. An infrastructure, money movement, security. security. The wealth management space is not set up to deal with the client of the future. And man, is that an incredible opportunity. A licensed investment advisor and powerful storyteller. Tyrone has a passion for digital assets and their ability to disrupt our current way of life. How do I protect myself? How do I protect my firm? How do I protect my clients? This show is for advisors by advisors. Advise on purpose in the arising realm of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. And just a reminder, Coindesk is a news source and does not provide investment advice. And now, Tyrone Ross. All right, welcome back to another episode of the On Purpose podcast. I am your host, Tyrone Ross, still sequestered in the great state of New Jersey. Uh, I will be heading back to sunny San Diego this Saturday. But before I left, I had to hop on and do another podcast because I have in front of me six or seven data points that I think every financial advisor and client should know. As I travel around the country and have conversations with advisors, there are a lot of things that are concerns for them. One, we all know is the regulation. Two is custody. Three is the volatility. And the big overarching theme there is, well, Tyrone, look, is there any adoption? How do we know that this is taking hold and it's not just speculative and folks are just doing this to trade doggy meme coins? So I have some data points here that I'm going to go through that I think exhibits the truth behind what is happening in crypto. And again, advisors love data. Folks can't argue with numbers, right? Men lie, women lie, numbers don't. So we're going to jump in here and I'm going to start with this one. I'm also going to give you all the sources of this data as well, because that's the other thing that advisors and just folks in general ask, where do you go to get up to speed? Where do you go to get educated? So let's start with the first one. Right. A recent DAT radar study estimated that blockchain based games raised two point five billion in Q1. Now, if you follow me at all on Twitter, I've been talking about gaming. Gaming is going to be huge. It's already huge, but it's going to be huge. And especially when it gets figured out with on chain data and tokens and coins. Obviously, we all know Axie Infinity and a few others that are out there, but this is huge. They go on to say, this pace maintained, the total investors by end of the year will be 150% higher than in 2021. Now, I've spoken to a lot of venture capitalists and been in investments a long time. Anything that is growing at 150% rate probably has adoption. So I think that's something that everyone should keep an eye on with, along with NFTs, NFTs inside of games and using NFTs to transfer my sword or my car or whatever it is across games and give me ownership. All of these things, this is where you start to see the lines get blurred a bit of Web 2 and the Web 3, of the real world and the virtual world, but more importantly, when folks are using blockchain and don't know it. And when that happens, again, we go from peak mass acceptance where we are now to mass adoption, where we're all trying to go. 
Another stat here that I think is incredible from the young and invested.com. This one to me, I tweeted this. Actually, I'm lying. I didn't tweet it yet. It's in my draft, but it's going out. Total global DeFi 24 hour trading volume or eight and a half percent of the global daily average of all crypto value comes from DeFi. Eight and a half percent. That is unbelievable to me, right? So out of all of the crypto volume, centralized exchanges, so on and so forth, DeFi accounts for eight and a half percent of that. Now, that to me is something that if you aren't paying attention to anything else and you hear all the buzzwords and you look at, I believe there's over 200 billion or so locked in DeFi protocols and, and TVL total volume locked, which is, again, an unreal number, which is why the SEC is looking at this like, wait a minute, lines of code has attracted $200 billion of value, something to look at. But when you look at what the volumes are on chain at centralized custodians and then it kind of being opaque, if you will, in the DeFi markets to get any type of estimate to see that eight and a half percent of it, right, daily, daily comes from DeFi is a telling sign. Definitely something that advisors should be paying attention to because guess what? That eight and a half percent, your clients are involved in that. And some of you all may be as well. Okay. This next one, to me, we've been hearing for years, the institutions are coming, the institutions are coming, the institutions are coming, right? It's like waiting on Godot. So FT Partners put out a report. I mean, the next two points will come from that report. I believe it's 200 plus pages. I encourage everyone to look it up. Phenomenal report all about the crypto space, institutional adoption, retail adoption, fundraising, everything, you name it, stable coins, it's all in there. First stat from that that I think, again, every financial advisor should be paying attention to. As of March 11th, 2022, over 99%, now over 99%, <laughs> should be 100%, but maybe it's 99.9, but this is what they put in the report. Over 99% of Bitcoin transaction volume on the layer one chain comes from a value above $100,000. So to me, right, and they say this in the report, that's meaningful. That means that these are larger hands trading and transacting on the Bitcoin blockchain. And this is just a, a sub piece of what I read from CoinMetrics. Again, CoinMetrics is another great resource. When you look at the on-chain data for Bitcoin, the average transaction volume in a day, 500,000. And I believe we're up to 40 million unique wallets and addresses in Bitcoin. That is incredibly impressive. So that is accelerated and we're closing in on 40 million wallets. And to stop there and define what a wallet is, because I think this is one of the things that gets misleading when folks go, oh, well, it's only for the rich and the wealthy and only the powerful are benefiting. Coinbase has their own wallet, right? And their wallet will account for all of the other wallets that are on their platform. So if their one wallet moves or trades or settles, whatever, that is just one wallet that can have many, many, many millions, 89 million verified users, I believe, at Coinbase now. So that is a very you know, misleading word if you don't really understand what wallets is. It's very different from account, right? And on the, on the traditional side. So just to pair that with, again, 99% transaction volume on layer one chain comes from a value above $100,000. That's an impressive stat. Again, I think that just goes to show there are larger hands 
And we're seeing now that with Bitcoin stuck and pinned at around $40,000, retail is not there. Retail is not there. These are larger players that are moving and transacting. The data shows that if you look at the holdal waves, one, three year, those that have holding their coins, right? They're not doing anything. They're holding the greater concentration of folks that are holding at a one year and three year time frame and longer is growing. So that on-chain data is very important. I want to stop here and say this for those who are keeping score at home. This is the beautiful thing about air quote blockchain. It's auditable, highly auditable. You can go look up all of this information. It's all there. Can't hide. It's all there. So good point to talk about Chainalysis, who also puts out very good reports that advisors should follow, um, especially because they report on all of the fraud and all the things that folks love to post on Twitter about crypto being for drug dealers and everything else. 2013 arguments, but I digress. Okay, let's move on. This one is another one that I think is important because, again, if you look at what is happening with companies that are beginning to move into holding Bitcoin or buying it and making it a part of their treasury. More than $9.5 billion worth of Bitcoin, or 1.3% of its entire market cap, is held by 37 publicly listed companies. Think about that for a minute. Even if you did not want to delve into the crypto waters, if you will, 37 publicly listed companies hold $9.5 billion worth of Bitcoin. Right. And we all know about Michael Saylor, MicroStrategy. We know about Tesla. So, and Coinbase. So, if you look at that, there is clearly a movement here, slow and steady, but clearly a movement where public companies, right? And again, for those who just, hey, I don't really understand or whatever, there are Riot Blockchain, for instance. There are companies that you can buy that hold Bitcoin, indirect exposure, as you will. But which leads me into my next point. If you look at how publicly traded companies have performed versus Bitcoin, I believe Bitcoin down 11% for the year. And this stat comes from Arcane, right? Another great research provider. Everyone should go look up and look after, sign up for their newsletter as well that I get. Coinbase is trading at all-time lows, down 62% from its open price one year after its public list. It's gotten smoked. And you look at the performance of the underlying over that time, which is why I will continue to talk about holding the underlying asset. Right? And I posted something on Twitter last week. What is the SPY of crypto assets? Got some really interesting answers. A lot of folks did say Bitcoin. I'm like, you could be right. <laughs> you could be right. So if you look at that versus you know, what, how Bitcoin has performed over the last year and how it's performed this year. Coinbase is down, I believe, 30, 40% this year. Bitcoin is down 11%. So again, you can get exposure through publicly traded securities, but looking at, okay, well, do I want to hold the underlying and what comes, you know, the cost benefit analysis, if you will, of one versus the other. But that is a very telling stat to me, where 37 publicly listed companies, I think that number will grow. Nine and a half billion dollars worth of Bitcoin. All right. So moving on here, as we zero in on the one that I think I want to end with and talk about, but two left. Reading a report last night from the Bank for International Settlements. This one I did tweet, especially in light of the last podcast where I spoke about the 
Ariel Investments and Schwab report. This is independent of race or class or anything like that. So here we go. Specifically, we estimate that owning a cryptocurrency in one year increases the probability on average of owning a cryptocurrency in the following year by 50%. That is very telling. Something, again, every advisor should know. Why, Tyrone? Well, come by the campfire. Let me break it down for you. If you don't know when and where and how a client invested in a crypto asset, we got to get the bank forward international sentiment. Stop saying cryptocurrency, but I digress. If you know that a client has invested in MakerDAO or Bitcoin or Litecoin, whatever the case may be, you then know based on this data that that client is probably going to fall further down the rabbit hole and buy another and then buy another. And then they're now accumulating all of this away from you and they're exposing themselves to the risk and the manipulation and everything that comes along with that, but also to growing wealth away from you that you do not know about. So this is a stat that I think every financial advisor should pay attention to for this reason and this reason alone. Every time you have a planning meeting with a client, you should say, Mr. and Mr. Client, I know you've been hearing a lot about crypto assets. Do you own any? Well, yeah, I just bought one. Well, I need, okay, that's telling. Just reading this report. There's a high probability now that you've bought one that you're going to probably do it. To, oh, well, to be honest, yeah, I own two, <laughs> right? So I think that is a very telly stat. All advisors should know it. That to me is a clear signal. That is the bat signal to advisors. Hey, you better get in front of this because clients are doing it away from you. And if they are, they are going to continue to speculate. They're going to continue to trade. They're going to continue to invest without your guidance. None of us as advisors want that. Incredible stat there. Okay, here we go. Here's the biggie. This one, again, comes courtesy of my Coindesk family. I was watching this morning a post that came through on my Twitter feed that Bitcoin volatility is at a 17-month low. Now, what did I say at the beginning of this podcast? What are the things that advisors are concerned about? Volatility. And volatility in the space are bad for advisors. They don't like volatility. You're taught that it's a bad thing. But in crypto, it's been an opportunity. Why? Because when it's volatile, you get all those retail folks running around, ah, right? Like Macaulay Culkin through the house in Home Alone, right? I can make money. I can trade. I can do options. I can do all of these things. But that's not what advisors want their clients to do. And that's not what advisors are used to say, hey, volatility, this is something we should invest into. But one of the knocks against Bitcoin is hey, it's very volatile, right? So now the volatility is at a 17-month low. Pair that with one of the things that is also bantied about a lot on Twitter with Bitcoin, along with the volatility, is Bitcoin is not a store of value, or it's not a safe haven, or it's not an inflation hedge. Okay, again, I've said those things. I agree. But one of the things that is important and part of looking at it being in a portfolio is, okay, the volatility. And is it correlated to other uh, assets in the portfolio? So the whole thing was for years, it's uncorrelated, it's uncorrelated, it's uncorrelated. But as the volatility has come down, you know what else has increased? It's correlation to equity markets. So now risk off, Bitcoin is trading down with tech stocks, which have gotten slammed. So volatility down, but also correlation high. 
So what we're seeing here as Bitcoin becomes more lindy, the longer it lives, every day it survives, it gets stronger. We're also seeing how it is now performing in different markets with war going on, with rising rates. Because if you look at when Bitcoin was introduced to the world, rates were getting slashed to nothing. So it's benefited from that. Oh, by the way, the dollar is strengthening and, you know, the Japanese yen is getting smoked. So all of these different things, you put them in a pot, you stir it around, volatility at a 17-month low. Correlations high, dollar strengthening. As we know, the dollar strengthens, what that means for Bitcoin. And also those that are global macro folks, what the Japanese yen means to markets overall. So there's a lot of interesting things here that I think advisors would pay attention to. And this is the one thing, it's been this cry for years of just, we need more data. We need more information. We need to see how it performs here. We need to see this. We need to see that. During a pandemic, all these things, Bitcoin has survived. So now as this data comes out, well, how did it perform here? How did it perform over this time period? Now advisors have a lot of data to make a case. I will end by saying this. One of the things that I've always said, always, is advisors should have a core thesis and argument whether you are pro or con, right? You should be able to convince a client that you, one, have done your work, and two, you should not be doing this, Mr. and Mrs. Client. Here's the reasons why. I listened to Tyrone's podcast. He gave me a few data points. These data points lead me to believe X. There's a lot of information out there. So again, right? Bank for International Settlements, great report. Suggest everyone go read that. Coindesk, of course, you should bookmark that. I don't have to go through that one. Arcane Research, Coinmetrics, FT Partners, Dat Radar, which is phenomenal, and younginvested.com. You get all of this information. So I end by saying this. For years, I've been putting these data points in front of advisors and just not to troll them or not to, hey, if you don't put your clients in your it's not that. But at some point, again, men lie, women lie, numbers don't. Advisors love numbers, love data. This data is important to understand because not to counteract any of the hate towards it. I, again, I'm done arguing or debating this. I think it's no longer a debate. It's not going away. You just get comfortable with it. I think what you need to understand, and by the way, Bitcoin is 13 years old. It's a teenager. We all know you don't argue with teenagers. It's just it's not a good idea. But the information and data is here. I thought this would be very valuable to, you know, just drop in your hip pocket a bit so you can walk around with that and maybe use some of this in meetings with clients as you start to engage because there's some really interesting data points coming out. And there'll be more. And I'll start to do more episodes like this, which leads me to this before I go. Now, what we're going to do is give you the opportunity to send in your questions. Podcast at Coindesk.com. Podcast at Coindesk.com. Subject line on purpose. Send me a question or two or three. And what I'll do is we'll gather them and then we'll do a whole episode and I'll just answer questions, right? All of the questions that you all have. And I think that'll be a really fun episode to do. So podcast at coindesk.com. We're trying something new. I want to interact with you all. We got a few things lined up as well. Where I think this will make this more interactive because we want to be the premier resource where RIAs, all financial advisors and ultimately clients and everyone else just come for their crypto information. So podcast at coindesk.com. Tap in with me, hit me up. You also know what's coming June 9th through 12th consensus. Be there or be square. I'm gonna keep saying it. I know it's old, but it's good. It makes sense. Also sign up, subscribe, share, like for the podcast. We appreciate all of the feedback and folks sharing. And of course, if you found any value in this episode whatsoever, 
run over to nokidhungry.org, help me feed hungry children, also help me get on the plane to get out of New Jersey. It is chilly. I will see you guys on the next one when I am sunny and warm in Southern California. Thank you all for tuning in. I will see you on the next one. I appreciate you. You're listening to On Purpose with Tyrone Ross. Today's show is produced, edited, and announced by Michelle Mousseau with additional production support from Eleanor Paul. Our theme song is Walk With Swag. If you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. Please reach out to us at podcasts at coindesk.com, subject line, On Purpose, or leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening.